Hi, I'm Forrest Griffin. Brian Caraway. And Lisa Tate. What's up, guys? This is Joseph Benavidez, UFC flyweight. Hi, this is Greg Jackson, and you're listening to It's MMA Zing, and that is an amazing pun. Get it? Like MMA, but amazing? I'm amazing. Radio. Welcome to It's M Amazing Radio. I am your host, Dr. Law. With me, as always, DJ Mark. What's up? Also with me, Kid Presentable. I am here, and I'm really not sure what we're talking about this week. And not joining us this week, still stuck at work, which those of you realize he's on the East Coast and we're on the West Coast. Probably blows your mind, but uh, Lavender Grooms can't join us this week. Hopefully we'll have him back next week. And yeah, those of you who listen to these episodes where there's truly nothing going on, I just like to think you enjoy our personalities. Probably not true, but that's what I'm going with. What lies do you tell yourself, Stefan? I think they're here to see how I felt about the latest episode of The Mandalorian. They're here for that stuff we like. You know it, Bobby. Yeah, they're that's, here, that's what we're here for. They're here for Bobby's wrestling minute, which is about nine minutes normally, and for Mark's video game hot takes. But um, let's talk a little bit about fighting. And uh, really, there's just a couple bits of news we can throw out there. Um, sounds like uh, Johnny Bones Jones. I mean, it's not sounds like they booked his next fight. John Jones taking on Dominic Reyes, which I think we were all on the same page. Made the most sense after we saw the light heavyweights throw down. Am I mistaken? Anybody? No, that's, that's the one I wanted them to make outside of him just finally going up to heavyweight and finally having some compelling matches. Um, there's just not a lot of buzz in the light heavyweight division. There's no contenders out there, I think, that are more... It was just him and Corey Anderson, right? It was just Corey Anderson and Dominic. I mean, we're not counting Jan, because that fight was a disaster. But, well, yeah, uh, I mean, I thought... Um, I mean, it was before the fight happened, but I thought the only one who could really jump ahead of Dominic at this point would have been uh, Johnny Walker, had he won impressively. Uh, but instead, he got finished impressively. So, uh, yeah, it was kind of a title eliminator in that one against Corey Anderson. Yeah, Marcus, you were saying uh, how Dominic Reyes was the only one that really did anything for you, I guess. Yeah, I mean, he, I mean, is he undefeated or is it one loss? I mean, he's I, undefeated, I, he's, I think. Yeah, so I think I, I, I think that's correct. And I think couple that with the fact of just how he he slept uh, Weidman in his last fight. There's just a lot of momentum going in his way, and it just that fight makes the most sense. Um, now that it's the most compelling or like you know exciting matchup John Jones has ever had, but with. The landscape as it is, I think, in this division, it's kind of the best they can do. Um, but like I said, I, there's not a lot. I don't. You, you look down that light heavyweight rankings, and it's like the next guys and Jan and Corey Anderson. Like these are all right, but nothing gets you know gets my blood pumping like him going up to heavyweight and just having a whole new field of fighters for him to finally test himself with. Um, I think, and it seems like we're getting closer to that, but it doesn't seem like he's quite there yet so we might have a couple more of these type of fights but i think dominic reyes will, will um present an interesting challenge if nothing else in, in, a, in a different look so we'll see yeah and uh, we know that jones's only time he's ever had any difficulty was really with guys tall guys who were tall and that was one time and then he killed alexander gustafson the second time um but i mean reyes i mean he beat two guys who fought for the belt and a former middleweight champion and you go six and oh with, you know, four finishes, you, you got to give it to him, I guess. And I honestly think John Jones is closer to fighting Izzy Adesanya 
than fighting. That's heavyweight. very true. Though Izzy, also, Izzy doesn't want to go up too, so I'm okay. <laughs> if, he, if he wants to, if he just wants to keep beating up 185ers that bloat themselves up to 205, if they're of the quality of Izzy, that's I'm okay with that. That's the one I'll be like, all right. If he wants to fight Reyes, then fight Izzy if that's even really in the realm, uh, and then move to heavyweight. I'm okay with that track. That's not that bad. But just just at what's in light heavyweight right now, there's not a lot of compelling matchups for him, unfortunately. And the co-main event of that card in Houston is uh, Caitlin Chukasian, who became the number one contender fighting on UFC Fight Pass on that uh, New York card, I believe, Mark, if I'm not mistaken. So I know I believe, it, was I believe it was because we, you and I had the conversation on the podcast where I said, the, the winner, this is getting a title shot. Why the hell are they doing this on Fight Pass? And here we are. Yeah, so I mean, no, no we, one gives the slightest fuck. <laughs> we saw that at 135 all the time. Like, oh, this this guy is in title contention, and he's the curtain jerker for this like pay per view. It's just like same thing at uh, Flyweight Man, where we're like, I was like, why can't we get anybody to watch Flyweights? I don't know, man, because uh, whatever bum Mighty Mouse had to fight was fighting, you know, at uh, uh, 3 p.m. when the arena was a third empty. Yeah, I, third I, I meant flyweight. I meant flyweight. No, yeah, Bantamweight wasn't much better. Honestly. It wasn't, but yeah, it's just like they, there's all these divisions they have that they're not doing themselves any favors because they're not really putting any marketing or the eyeballs in front of these people that are going to be, they're going to try to sell pay-per-views off. And obviously at this point, John Jones is going to be selling that pay-per-view and this is just going to be another title fight that kind of boosts the overall card. But I mean, one, it's hard because you, Valentina is just such a dominant champion. There's really no one in the field that I'm thinking like, oh, is really going to give her a big challenge at this point. Uh, so it's it is it's almost like you know, are they going to spend a lot of marketing on you know contenders that aren't going to you know be become champion and be able to market that that person? So I kind of get why they're, they're playing it kind of you know close to the chest, I guess. But it's just kind of shitty. I mean, this person's going to fight for a title. They should at least be on a prelim. You know, they should at least be on free TV or something. Yeah, and I was I think Derek Lewis probably is on. Derek Lewis is on the card. Um, which Derek Lewis is from Houston, so that'll be good for that. It says he's facing Elar Latifi. Oh yeah, that's which I heard that too. I what? Who looked at Latifi Steph and said, "Yeah, man, wait one way class up." Like what? What are we doing here? <laughs> like I mean, when you're uh, five foot eight and built like a fire hydrant, you have no choice but to go up. Yeah, I mean, these are two of my guys facing each other. I'm not terribly happy about that, but yeah, okay, five foot ten. That's a lie. That's not true at all. If he's five foot ten, I'm five foot eight. All right, that's what it means. Um, OSP's on the card. There's a lot of trash on this card, honestly. John Jones gets a big check, and there's two title fights. Two title fights. Derek Lewis. That's a card. They're not adding more better. Yeah, more I stuff. mean, that's, honestly, that's kind of you give me two title fights. I don't care anymore. Yeah, for pay per view, that's I mean, not top tier, but it's we've gotten worse. <laughs> I mean, you give me the middle. You give me the goat up there, also. So. Early line on it um, has Jones at uh, about minus 400. I'm actually surprised it's not higher, to be honest. I I would have thought higher. Do you think it's because of the last... I was going to say last couple of performances, but I don't know who he fought before. Santos came out of nowhere and almost was like two torn ACLs away from stealing that fight. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Did he... Who did he... Was it before that, Gus, or did he fight somebody else before that that have another... When did Anthony Anthony Smith happen? How Uh, long ago was that? That was the the one before... That was before, yeah. But that was, I don't think that was ho-hum. I thought he won every round. It was just boring yeah, as he did. shit. Anthony Smith was not great in and, that. I mean, it could just be bookies trying to get some action, right? It's like, who's going to bet against John Jones? I mean, in fairness, the other guy's won. never lost. 
I mean, um, speaking of bookie action, if you don't mind, because we don't got a lot to talk about, but I just find interesting is what I was trying to find this line for Jones and um, fucking uh, Dominic Reyes. Uh, the Chukagian isn't up there. I'm not going to be shocked to see Valentina as like a minus 1300 favorite or whatever you want to put. Honestly, when we pick that whatever fight, nobody gonna, tell me. When we pick fine. that fight, it's going to be, is it doesn't get out of the. Yeah. Valentina can take some time. Doesn't get past but, the second um, round. That's going to be the I just, guess. I just wanted to mention, Bovada, they have a bunch of lines up for a lot of hypothetical fights. They have a lineup for Izzy and John Jones. They have a lineup of GSP, Habib. I'm just saying, these are kind of interesting. They have John Jones as a minus 550 favorite over Izzy. They're saying he's a bigger favorite over Izzy than he is Dominic, and that is crazy talk to me. Yeah, uh, if you scroll down on Best Fight Odds, they got a whole bunch of like future events that like... Oh, man. They have CM Punk as a favorite. Mark, name one person that you would think CM Punk is a favorite against. I honestly couldn't. <laughs> I don't. I, I don't know them. They'd be Owen. Oh, five I'm right looking now. at it. I'm looking at it right now, Stefan. Are you about to spill the beans to him? Yeah, I, I'll say it because I actually watched this boxing fight last weekend. It wasn't even oh, worth talking no. about. It is a uh, fellow celebrity, Logan Paul. They got CM Punk at minus two twenty-five over Logan Paul plus one seventy-five. And should that match come to fruition? I'd pick Logan Paul just because he's young. Just yeah, I was he's, like, young. Uh, he's just a younger like 42, man. man. He's like 42 years old. By the way, uh, Gaethje I'm looking at here is a favorite over McGregor, which is not happening anyway. It's going to be Cerrone. I'm not sure I pick Gaethje over. I mean, I'm great. I'm a big Gaethje guy, and he's been doing great recently, putting guys away quick. But man, I don't know how much I want to pick against Conor McGregor or the guy who just stands there with his chin up. But anyway, um, Cyborg versus Nunez. That's never happening again, obviously. Okay. Um, before we move on, I heard some good, some a couple outlandish things I heard this week, and I want you guys to decide which one sounds stupider to you. Number one, Darren Till saying he is the money fight in the middleweight division. That's number one. Number two was Paul Daly saying he wants to rematch uh, MVP at Wembley Stadium. He didn't say main event. That was Paul Daly. That was probably the implication. Wembley holds 90,000 motherfuckers, though. So, Steph, let's assume he didn't mean main event. Which of these two statements were more ridiculous to you? Uh, I mean, I think the people of England want to see Paul Daly wrestle. Uh, <laughs> I think, you know, I think that's what they're, that's that's what we come to see Paul Daly do is talk about motherfucking bitches laying and praying and then going for that desperate, desperate shot attempt. That's what we come to see. Um yeah. 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 Paul Daly is like, he's a guy I like, but it's like, what does that guy have left? Like, that's a guy who, like, should hang it up. Well, talking about main eventing, like, a giant stadium. Well, I mean, even he, participating on. He had this long rant about MVP's opponents. And honestly, I was reading the quotes and I was like, did Stefan write this article? Because it was literally, he's like, he fought me. It was a ho hum fight. I thought I won, but it was, you know, not a good fight. And then he lost to Diego, Lee, uh, Diego Lima. And those are the only two real people he's fought. And I'm like, Stefan said this stuff verbatim two weeks ago. <laughs> and he beat that bum named Paul Daly. Man, that was just about as bad of a fight for Paul Daly. You get picked apart standing, which is you're pretty much your bread and butter. And then the guy who just hates grappling more than anything just goes for it. It's like uh, when Dan Hardy shot on uh, Lytle. And it, but at least Lytle had the, you know, the dignity to choke him and put him away. That that was a mess. Um. Yeah. You know, Till Till could get it back, but he he was not coming off of a very the money fight of the middleweight division. I mean, you got to believe in yourself. The, the, the champion just sold out at a, a stadium <laughs> in his home country. Till was in an arena. 
Well, I'm I mean, just saying. Uh, he's a young idiot who believes in himself. I'll give him that. Like, Paul Daly, you shouldn't talk anymore. Just period. Marcus, you got thoughts on this nonsense, or should we move on? <laughs> oh, I mean, they're both fairly ridiculous. But Darren Till, I mean, especially after that last performance, is like, yeah, no one. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not excited to have to pay to watch you fight which i probably will he's usually on pay-per-view did he like, win or lose he won right he won but it was it was very uneventful it was not a good fight you know he's had better well you know let me think about this has he had better, i guess when he beat cowboy that was pretty good that was pretty great yeah but i mean he needs to i mean hey, hey the gastelum win it's a good scalp and it's like what i always said you know in a year's time i'm gonna forget this fight was boring it's be like oh shit turn darren till beat Kevin Gaston, that's a good win on it, but I won't remember how boring it was. It was not a good fight. Yeah, man, so. you get these ones sometimes where, like, you realize it's like it was like we wait a couple of years and people just look at the record and they're like, oh, win. It's like when you look at, like, I remember for a while people were like, oh, yeah, Machida defended that belt against Shogun. And I'm like, yeah, but we all saw that fight and he lost four rounds and they he got and Shogun got fucked. But the record says what it says. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and daily. I mean, more so than just daily being in whatever that stadium is, like, Bellator holding an event in a giant stadium was like, well, that 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 premise in and of itself, regardless of what fighters you try to stack with it, is not happening. Um, but you know, at the same time, I'll give some credit. I think they're doing this Japan thing. Is it in Saitama with Ryzen? I mean, that's a big arena, so maybe if they do another like Ryzen Bellator, yeah, but they scale Saitama down at this point, man. It's not like they. Well, sell that I out. mean, they could scale the soccer stadium down, and they would have to. Like everyone's on the field, no one's in the stands, kind of thing. But you know. Um, okay. Uh, other stuff we got is that Tony and Khabib look like they're gonna throw down at, uh, Matt Brooklyn at, uh, what's the name of the arena? Um, Barclays Center. Barclays Center. Yeah. Where they, the WWF lives basically. And the Nets attempt to play basketball. Um, that you wanna, is. You wanna make a pick? Here's my pick. Khabib is the one who gets hurt. I mean, it sounds like Khabib has signed a contract and they're trying to cut a deal with Tony Ferguson. And Tony would like to get paid. Because Tony probably read about state income tax in New York and is like, okay. I mean, you would try to do this in Vegas where I had to pay no income tax. So Tony better get paid. And if he does, um, they'll book this fight and let's see if it actually happens. But, I mean, it's the fight to book, Mark. Like, uh, no, that's 100%, it. You know, it, it's the fight to book and it's so much so they've attempted multiple times to do this. And honestly, they've, they've created a world where these belts don't even matter, so I don't even feel they're holding anything up if these guys go and everybody gets hurt again. Like, whatever. I mean, it, it, for, for me, it is. I, I do want to see these two. Fights. Oh, no, I you do. Know, absolutely. I, I think everyone does, right? And that's why, that's the only reason why they're attempting to do it over and over again. Even they keep running into hurdles every time with people getting injured or this, that, and the other. But it, it is so compelling that it's worth the headache, and it's worth having this fight canceled and trying again in the summer and trying to get in the winter. Like, these are just two guys that have just been dominating their field and i really want to see how they match up so i I really do hope this can happen but like stefan said it's like this is definitely probably more so than any other fight that has been booked before like i'm not i cannot allow myself to get excited until literally in this point not even when they're in the octagon it will have to be the the bell has rung and the fight has officially started that is the only time i'm going to allow myself to get excited for that fight because we've gotten close before and had it snapped away at the last second so I really do hope it it happens. It's such a compelling fight. It, it it's the fight that needs to happen, but they it's just been botched so many times. I just I, I'm not going to allow myself to get hurt again, Bobby. Yeah. I yeah. can't get excited. Like I can't call it the fight to book. It's been the fight to book for what three years. Like, what is there to say about it? This fight could be in San Francisco. It could be in Oakland. It could be in San Jose. I don't buy a ticket because I think I'm buying a ticket that is card subject to change. You know, like show me when they're walking to the cage. It'll be great if it happens, but. 
I can't be excited for it. I just can't because we've been down this, you know, we've done the song yeah. and dance like seven times now. Yeah, it looks like they're going to do this April 18th, which, again, man, I thought we were going to not have Conor McGregor as champion. We're going to have another champion and maybe defends this belt every now and then. But once a year is just the life we're going to live, I guess. Yeah. Um, and uh, I think that's it in terms of the MMA news. Uh, apparently, Dana White was a real asshole when he was trying to book Gina Carano to book fight Ronda Rousey. But Whoa, I mean, Bobby could have left it as a news story. Dana White was an asshole. Do you know what I was like? Just look at it in context. It's like, yeah, that that's that sounds right. The other thing I like about like, I mean, not like, but like the president being the piece of shit that he is. We just elected Dana White, man. I mean, I'll give Dana White this. I don't think Dana White is racist. Other things, other things of all the things this man's been accused of, that one hasn't come up. I mean, so, it's one of those things where, like, I don't think he's outright said anything that I've caught, but, like, I wouldn't be surprised under closed doors he said some racist shit. I mean, look, shit. he said Especially, some shit. I mean, he said some shit to Loretta Hunt that was uh, homophobic. Oh, yeah, that was sexist. So granted, <laughs> granted, at least he's apologized for some shit in his life. I'll give him that. This man's apologized before, but. That's yeah. true. But yeah, I was going to say, I don't give him racist. I give him 100% sexist. Sexist is the one he that he. But I am sure there's been some guys that have rubbed him the wrong way, and he has said some racist shit about them. Maybe he didn't truly believe it, and he's just trying to. You know, I, it, that, this is all prejecture. I'm you know, well, let's, not, let's, let's back off the man right now and just say he did not handle Gina Carano well. And it's nice to see Gina Carano talk to MMA media. Just It's a nice hour-long interview with Ariel if anybody wants to check it out. Um, and finally, before we just kind of move on, and I'm checking Twitter to see if anything else fucking happened. Um, just, uh, really, man, just horrible situation with Walt Harris. And yeah, it sounds like it's reached the end. Many of us kind of, which is somewhat of a good sign, right? Like not having that closure is something that a lot of families yeah. and victims don't get. So if they could close the book and it looks like they have suspects. So it is a super bummer story, but yeah, if you didn't hear the story, it sounds like they found the remains of, uh, Anaya Blanchard, which is Walt's, uh, stepdaughter. And just, it's, a uh, People are the fucking worst, man. Just hopefully, you know, just wish them peace and, get, and all that get some stuff. some closure and the people that did this horrendous things, you know, hopefully they're put to justice, which means life in prison or death sentence. I'm, you know, either way. I like the people who are just like, book them in a cage fight with Walt Harris. I'm like, Ooh, okay, this, I like this. <laughs> I like this brand of justice a lot more. Just, yeah, okay. Um, But yeah, man, just, it's. This is real life shit, so uh, feel for the man and his family. Um, her poor mom. Um, okay, guys. Uh, now that we make a hard transition to what is just us babbling about the shit we got to talk about, man. This podcast is what, what we're in. We are 18 and a half, 18, almost 19 minutes record. in. Honestly, this was like, this went longer to MMA talk than I thought it was. And I'm just searching. I mean, just, just nothing. Well, the thing is, we got spoiled, right? If we, because look, back in the day when I used to do my MMA podcast, we had an event once every two months. So most of the time, there wasn't shit to talk about. You had about to talk that. about the Ultimate Fighter. That's what it was going on. About, like, man, I really like Akira Gono. Let's talk about him for 30 minutes. And someone calls up and be like, dude, play some music. I'm like, you know what? You're right. This is, no one's interested in this. Even I'm not. But I mean, we're just so spoiled. Every week, there's something to recap and predict. And, you know, the one time we have a, a, you know, snag is like, oh, I don't know what to talk about. We, the, the, the show structure is very much what happened, what's about to happen, a little bit of news and a little bit what we like when we don't have those two yeah, major Yeah, oh, players. we got, I mean, Paige Van Zandt is going back to 115. Here's some news for you. She's going to 115 and fighting Amanda Rebaus. So the option of fighting a, somebody, anybody was interested in her fighting in Macy Barber, she has passed on that. 
Well, I mean, I, it, for her livelihood, I'm like, good on you, Paige. That was a smart, tactical... You know, I've been playing Pokemon. Sometimes when my Pokemon are not strong enough to beat the one I'm battling, I just run. It's totally acceptable. You get away and you live to fight another day. This is like when you're booking your career mode in the, in the video game and you're like, who's the easiest fighter I could get yeah, here? Yeah, that's what I always do. The old UFC game, I remember, like, you go play in Pride mode. You're like, where's Gary Goodrich? Can I fight Gary Goodridge again? Can I stay Wait. away from Cain Velasquez? <laughs> While we're just babbling, I remember I kind of sabotaged uh, Bobby's career mode accidentally. I'm like, oh, Bobby's Jesus. just starting his career. I'm like, let me fight Rashad Evans. I do. I, I, I get that the uh, that achievement where you get the immediate knockout. Yeah. Ran and punched him. And suddenly Bobby's vaulted to the upper echelons. And he's they, got like a, a you know. No, no, they like, made me fight for the belt. And Quinton hit me so my guy so hard, Stefan. I swear like a, he got lifted. Yeah, like a 55 rating on takedown defense. Oh, Rampage, Rampage lifted me off the floor with an uppercut within a minute of the fight. I couldn't do anything. Bobby, like, your is so bad, Paul Daly could control you on the mat. Oh, it was you know? so bad. It's just bad. Oh, it was so bad. Um, all right. Um, let's get. Uh, let's move on to some stuff. Um, I guess I'll lead off with the uh, the wrestling minute because Stefan, what I watch with Stefan. Um, Fuck, what do we watch? What was it called? Takeover. Takeover. We War watched games. We watched God. If Regal had come out, it would have been uh it would have been a real highlight for me. I'm just looking at what we watched real quickly, the list of the fights or the matches. I apologize. Um let's go with Lady War Games. Um the women's one. I thought it was a really it was entertaining, but it was weird that two people before. That's my takeaway. What do you got, Steph? <laughs> um it had my favorite spot of the night. Um, I don't know the name of the, uh, English. Kaylee Ray. Kaylee Ray. Uh, yeah. so there was a spot, Mark. It was a fun spot is, uh, so this lady comes flying off the top rope, um, and midair, uh, the big, uh, the big, uh, Mad Max girl. What's her name? Rhea Ripley. Rhea, yeah. She just throws a, a trash can at this lady in midair and boy, does she get it? <laughs> like it is just oh, like that. Trash well, she can also like is a homing missile and it just like. The timing is perfect because Lady flies in out of the corner of the screen. You don't see her coming, and this girl just whips the trash can at her. Um, yeah, that Kaylee Ray, she can. Uh, she, she she's good at being the nail, as they say. She she was good at being the bumps. She is the Kyle O'Reilly of the uh, women's division, is what I'll say. Yeah, cool. and uh, Rhea Ripley's awesome. She's twenty three years old. Jesus, she's gonna be was good this for a NXT while. or WWE? NXT. Nice. Uh, and then, uh, but it was good, man. And Io Shirai is the best wrestler in NXT. Oh, I stand man. By that. Io Shirai doing a moonsault off the top of the cage. That was high, man. Io Shirai is like five feet tall. So it's mm -hmm. extra high if you're <laughs> jumping off the cage. But um, that was about as graceful. That was like gymnastic level graceful how she uh, landed that spot. Um, Pete Don, Damian Priest, Killian Dane. It was a triple threat. They went 20 minutes, which it honestly went longer than I thought. It was good. And the guy who we thought would win one, Pete Don. I was, you know, it was fine. Um, My takeaway from that one, Bob, is you introduced me to Damien Priest's uh, nonsensical nickname, yes. the Archer of Infamy. What yes. Archer? He doesn't have a bow and arrow. He does he nothing. Has no bow and arrow related attacks. But we're just going to call him the Archer, huh? That has nothing to do with his gimmick or wrestling moveset. But he is the. Well, Archer. I don't. I don't know why they had to change the name of the Falcon Arrow to the Broken Arrow because it's. I mean, Arrow is the operative word here. If he's going to be an Archer, I mean, it's fine. Uh, Finn Balor, Matt Riddle, um, it was good. Matt Riddle has good matches, and Finn Balor as a bad guy is what we all kind of signed up for a few years ago, I think. So, I really got anything bad to say about that. That sounds uh, really cool. I didn't know Finn Balor went back to 
NXT. Oh, he, he's he went to NXT and uh, they're losing every week, Mark. To AEW every single week. Not anymore, uh, Bobby. Not anymore. They got a win last week because they sent everybody, basically, to show up at NXT. He kind of went to NXT, and now he's being, what, his Bullet Club heel version of himself? Back yeah, he, he's, he's, be, he's the prince again. He's Prince Devitt. But he's got a lot of finger guns, Mark. A lot of finger guns. A lot of, fi- he's lot a, of finger guns. A lot of finger guns. Shooting That's the whole everybody. Gimmick. Yeah. Um, it was, he needed to get a win here, and Matt Riddle, I think Matt Riddle's awesome. Um. The main event was absurd, I think would be a fair description of what happened there in that main, uh, another War Games match, the men's War Games match. The big surprise for everybody was that uh, the fourth member of the NXT team, was, of the, um, sorry, Champa's team, it was Team Champa versus Undisputed Era, was Kevin Owens. And we all got excited that maybe Kevin Owens is just part of NXT now. Uh, turns out it was just one night. So, uh... Oh, we don't know yet, Bobby. They're, they seem to be playing with that storyline. I don't know if that's the case, based on the fact that he was on Survivor, uh, he was on Raw 20 minutes ago. Um, I'm a big Kevin Owens, Mark. I like everybody in this match, man. It was great. The one part I didn't like, and Stefan, we talked about what we did. How it was too much for us when part of the eight in the Omega and Moxley match. The too much for me was the finish to this match, which Mark... Um, Steph, how do I describe what happened here? Um, um, a man who's like seven months removed from neck surgery, jumping off the top of a cage with another wow. man on his back through a table. Yeah, that guy, Adam didn't need Cole, to do that spot. That guy, the neck surgery guy, did not need to be the one involved in that spot. It's like, yeah, the guy was Adam Cole was upside down, and they went through two tables off the top of a cage, which I don't need anybody to die. Let's let's take like one step back here. It sounds like uh, the tables were breaking their fall, right? Yeah, I mean, Mark, dude, I mean, I don't know why they made Adam Cole wrestle the next night. That was oh, the whole other part. Um, yeah, it was. I mean, it was good. Everybody in there is good. NXT, the good wrestling's on Wednesday nights. AEW is good. NXT is good. They both put on good pay per views. That's the summary. Steph, do you have anything positive to say about Survivor Series except that we all bask in uh, Keith Lee's glory? I was going to say, that's uh, one of the dudes Mark is familiar with. Um, oh, but yeah. I wasn't. This weekend was my introduction party to uh, Mr. Keith Lee. Um, and the fact that you know his finisher is the Spirit Bomb, another black dude who loves DBZ, you know these are the people I get along with in this life. Yeah. So uh, Keith Lee is a homie. And yeah, that, that was a star-making performance that he had in Survivor Series. That was really good. Um, the matches were solid. A lot of them felt a little bit too long. Um, I liked seeing uh, Kyrie Sane and Io go at it in the women's Survivor match, just because uh, they were a tag team in NXT. Um, it doesn't make sense that they aren't they weren't brought up as a tag team if Kyrie was going to do the tag team thing. And their gear was virtually identical. It's like they intended to be like, "Hey, everyone, remember we're the tag team, not me and Asuka randomly." Um, it was mostly a good night. Daniel Bryan had a good match with The Fiend. Um, I'm a little bit already over The Fiend always wrestling in red light. Yeah, fuck um, this red light stuff, man. I can't I watch it. I really don't think we need to do that. Um, I really like The Fiend character, but uh, something I've heard podcasts say and what I'm weary of, too, um, it's kind of tough having a guy with the invincible wrestling style. Um I mean, Hogan, Hogan did it for about 15 years, but yeah, in 2019, I mean, that's a different era. That's yeah. a different era. And the thing is, Bray, why he's likable is it's like Keith Lee. He's a big-bodied dude, but he can go. He's got moves. He's got athleticism if you let him wrestle that way, but he's kind of doing the invincible bruiser style right now. Um, 
that's got diminishing returns written all over it. So, you know, they got to be careful with that is all. Um, Marcus, just to give you an idea of Keith Lee's, oh, how over he was Sunday night in Chicago, he, they let him pin Seth Rollins clean, and he became very close to pinning Roman Reigns. That's how they let him. They let him become the man. Well, is this new for they him did, not being in NXT? Or well, they like did they, the Survivor Series instead of just being Raw vs SmackDown. This okay. is how they're trying to boost some to ju- boost juice the ratings a little bit. They did Raw vs SmackDown vs NXT, and NXT whooped everybody's ass. Like I think they won four of the six. I think was that for something like that. The final tally was four one two. Yeah. So all there, uh, but it was kind of fun when they did it because it uh, it existed as like a triple threat match. I thought yeah. that was kind of cool. There was always one person from every team, involved. and Walter was in there. And look, the NXT, and it was Chicago, so everybody you know there is a big wrestling fan, it's a big wrestling city, so they all got attention. But um, I didn't watch Survivor Series yet. I was gonna watch. I watched Watchmen instead, and. I mean, this is for the thousandth time. You guys should all watch Watchmen. Uh, Ricochet, his nerdy reference of the evening was um, Batman Beyond Batman, um, the black and red Terry, whatever his name was. All right, all right. Did he? Did he well? Did he wear a full bodysuit? Yeah, he wore the full bodysuit, the gloves. Um, if I had abs like Ricochet, I would not wear a full bodysuit. I'm just putting that out there. Just my two cents. Abs just cut out. What? Abs, your abs just cut out of the costume, so you're that's wearing a, that, a full bodysuit, but just your abs are. Exposed. Yeah, I was gonna say, I'm just that's what I would do. I would show the abs. That would be my move if I was Ricochet. <laughs> uh, that's the thing that what's that guy wears? Uh, Tony Nice. He wears like a vest, but the abs are trimmed out. He counts the abs. That's his entrance. He goes one, two, well, yeah, three. Yeah, that's, that's why they're five, cut out, Bobby. Six. You got to see him. Yes. I'm just saying, if Ricochet's a superhero. You don't. He just he's he's yoked enough. Just show us all. Um. That was it for the wrestling minute. Stefan, you want to talk about the Mandalorian? Um, yeah, it's on my list of things. I'll, I'll throw in a couple other quick hits. Um, uh, Bulldog National Bulldog Convention. I mentioned is going on in San Ramon, so uh, I'm looking into it. I don't know what the attending rules are as a spectator. Um, if I'm allowed to bring my dogs casually, or uh, you know, maybe I just enter them in competition. And next be... week, I tell you how I like all these ribbons and Purina sponsorships that I. It would be really fucked up if you couldn't bring your bulldog to the bulldog. <laughs> the bulldog it's like no dogs here. It's like what are we doing here? Um, obviously, uh, I love bulldogs. Uh, you might be hearing little sound effects from my baby Yoda. Um, the more I watch Mandalorian, the more I think Gogi looks exactly like the little guy. Um, in music, um. You know, this isn't probably anyone who listens to us cup of tea, but um, I've never been ashamed of the things I like. But I'm going to tell you about a little group known as uh, BTS, the uh, most commercially successful. Wait, 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 little group. Yeah, Uh, okay, little group. (laughs) I'm going to say, none of you have listened to a single one of their songs. I'd be shocked if any of our listeners have heard the song, yet they are the most successful commercial group of pretty much all time. Um, You know, it's... uh, I remember there was a kind of a, a bit of a kerfuffle when Billboard gave them the best um, international group of the year, even though they like, what is seven times outsold the people who won the best artists of the year? Because the Billboard Awards are supposed to be based on sales. It's not supposed to be on subjective uh, voting material. It should be based on sales. And yeah, BTS, they are a K-pop um, boy band, rap, sing, dance like crazy motherfuckers. Um you know, I used to dance back in the day, and pretty much everyone who I kind of came up with, who were, if they're still dancing, they're doing it professionally. And uh, if they're doing it professionally, they're probably choreographing for K-pop groups because K-pop groups still actually make music videos. Um, and it's one of the things why I'm, I kind of enjoy this genre of music 
it harkens back into a day when people actually still performed, when they actually made music video, when they still danced. And I love that shit. So um, I love the hell out of BTS. I'm very late. All their videos have like a billion views. What's up, Bob? I just want to say I know what BTS is because a while back I changed the trending settings for Twitter just to tell me about what's trending in Vietnam in an effort to not get any Trump news. And God and bless BTS the people of Vietnam. Too. The people of Vietnam don't give a fuck about Trump. They like BTS and porn. Those are the two things that trend in Vietnam. Just letting you know. You but listen continue. to a good beat and then you wank one off. You know, that's how it goes. Um, BTS, uh, I forgot what the S is. It's like Bang Tan Solyonde. Basically, their name is the Bulletproof Boy Scouts. Um, that's a pretty cool name. So uh, I like them. And yeah, Mandalorian. We just had episode three. I've said it to all you guys because I thought that was a really fun episode. Like seeing the other Mandalorians come out. That was fun, man. This shit is just a video game. You know, he turned in his quest item, decided that wasn't enough. He wants the quest item back. He wants his reward and his quest item. Him kind of infiltrating. I thought that was really sweet. Um, I am really digging the show. For a show with, like, you still don't see a guy's face, they're really good at emoting a guy in a helmet. Like, I'm enjoying the hell out of it. I mean, that show is, like, 95% atmosphere. It's all just... In being in those scenes with the music, there's so little dialogue. There's not even that many characters, really. Um, but it's all just about it's just it gets that Western space sci fi feel being Star Wars. So right. It's really fun. And I am probably I might be the only person, but my emotional up and downs in that episode were I mean, we'll give slight spoilers because I kind of have to tell you to tell the story. But when he gave up his prize at first, I was like, what? How could you do that? I mean, we are, everyone knows it's Baby Yoda. So when he gave up Baby Yoda, I was like, what an asshole. How could he do that? And then when he got the armor, I was like, totally worth it. Good job. That was smart. That armor's badass. Um, I mean, Baby Yoda's going to be fine. You know, he's got force powers. He's going to take care of himself. He'll acquit himself just fine. He's also 50 years old, so he knows what's up. Uh, no, but yeah, but just like Stefan, I just, um, I mean, and I don't, I guess every week we're just going to chime in and talk about how all these shows we love are just great, but it's just, it's kind of the talk of the town. So uh, yeah, and I'm really excited. Um, I want to give this shout out because I always talk about how my cousins work on the show, but next week or this upcoming week, it should be the one he gets accredited with. He is the second assistant producer. I mean, I'm sorry. He's the second assistant director. So he should be credited while they're still doing the really cool um, paint paintings of like uh, scenes of the episode, which I think is a really nice touch too. So yeah, I've been loving the show as well. Um, Steph, you got anything else? I mean, yeah. But I mean, beyond that, like I'm just watching everything we've talked about. You know, we're just kind of in the prime. All these shows started, and I'm just trying to I'm just trying to keep up with them week to week. I'm behind on Watchmen. I'm behind on my My Hero Academia. But I mean, I've, I've been enjoying everything up to this point. Yeah, I, I found something to complain about, too. But, Mark, what do you got going on this week that you want to talk about? Uh, yeah, I, I got a couple things just really weird because the, all the weeks leading up to this, we've been there's been so much to talk about just in MMA and in stuff we like that. And there's been a flood of video games. And now, like, the one week where we have, don't have a lot to discuss, there's no new video games coming out. The fall season of video games officially ended when Shenmue came out. That was kind of the last big one. Uh, but I'll just say, you know, I've been putting a lot more time into Jedi Fallen Order. I've been really liking that. I mean, this coupled with Mandalorian, they kind of go really well together. And they're in the same universe, but at drastically different times in the timeline. So it's been really, those two have been a lot of fun. Uh, I did start up Shenmue 3, which has been like 19 years in the making. And this is a, a series that, you know, there is a certain 
niche audience for that game, and I am one of them, <laughs> very much so. I've ever since I before Shemu came out, I was obsessed with it. Um, I remember there's a demo disc that had a trailer sh- talking about their free system, which was basically like open world at the time, and I watched it every night leading up to that game coming out. So I would have been very much in the Shenmue bandwagon, um, you know, warts and all. And I love, I think a lot of the things that people don't like about the series, I find extremely charming. The dialogue being extremely uh, stilted um, and just kind of flat is just kind of part of what that series is. So I put a little bit of time in that and that was, that's been fun. It's very much Shenmue with some new wrinkles. Uh, probably the newest mechanic is just that your health slash now stamina is constantly going down. So you have to eat, which is just a new mechanic, which I kind of actually appreciate because I really liked Shenmue. It had an economy to it, but there really wasn't a lot of stuff to buy in that game. You're supposed to pay rent, which was a pushing force in Shenmue 2 to kind of like consistently go. But I mean, mostly to like get money, but mostly it's like you just buy little trinkets. Mark, so they're really the one. Um, were you, was it you or Eddie who didn't realize me. that you could just forever tell the guy I'll pay you tomorrow? Yeah, no, I never, never did that. I never pay rent. I mean, for me, uh, Video games are always an escape in a way to experience different types of lifestyles and jobs and things that people find tedious in other games. I'm just part of that uh, group of video game people that just like Tokyo Bus Driver and American Truck Simulator, like those doing stuff that a lot of people would seem is really tedious. I just find fun because I just really RP into that role. Like I'm a truck driver and I'm a bus driver and I have to stop at the stops and do my job correctly because I'm in Japan and Tokyo and it, life is tough here and I got to make sure I'm getting paid. Uh, but no, like in Shenmue, it's just, you know, uh, like someone saying that one in Shenmue 2, you were renting a room and every day you had to pay the guy 200 bucks or you could just tell him I'll get you back later. And eventually you progress in the story and just leave that area and never have to pay that guy. But I was RPing as Rio, the good Japanese boy that I am. So not only would I pay on time, I would then immediately go to the docks and carry crates for three hours to make sure I had money for the next day. But no, I really been enjoying Shenmue 3. Um, if you got to play one and two and didn't like them, you're not going to like this. It is very much a game of its time uh, created just so. But I'm really appreciating it. But that outside uh, video game stuff, there is a couple stuff that have kind of lapsed over the last couple weeks. I did want to uh, put a little spotlight on. And one of them I've mentioned before, but my boys, Easy Allies, uh, Kyle Bossman had started up this, I guess you would call it like a puppet or a hand-drawn animated show uh, called Box Peak, which is basically kind of like a parody on Pokemon and Digimon and these animes where this one weird sport kind of dominates the world culture and it's just like everything revolves around this. And in his little universe, it's this dumb game called box peak where people just have boxes that you sit in. And the whole game is to peek at the other person's box long enough to win the game. You basically peek at the box for three seconds. You win. If someone peeks you while you're peeking, you lose. It's called a counter peek. And you can also retreat if you feel like someone's going to counter peek. You can retreat into your box, and then you have to stay in your box for like three seconds. It's a very the the game itself is explained in the first episode, and it's simplistic but kind of compl- like complicated at the same time, or hard to wrap your head around. Like, what well, you're just peeking, but um, essentially he finished his first season about a year ago, and two weeks ago he started uh, the second part of the first season or the second season. He's doing like five episode uh, chunks, and it, it, all, all I would say is that if you really liked or watched Pokemon and Digimon when you were younger. Uh, this is very much a comedy kind of in that vein uh, that I really appreciate. And I've talked about Kyle Bossman and his unique style of uh, comedy and humor and knowing what he finds funny is almost half the fun, which makes this kind of hard to recommend. I think there's kind of 
inside jokes kind of that i mean i think they still land and the show works on its own but you just get that extra layer if you kind of know he there was one joke he had in this last episode i think it was episode eight that just had me fucking rolling because not only did i find it funny but i just knew kyle when he wrote this was just cracking up because it's such the shit that breaks him uh so i've really been enjoying box peak and um like i mentioned they're on episode eight right now the episodes are four or five minutes long so i mean this thing is super digestible and it's just really i mean again it's just this is a thing that he did by himself uh other people in easy allies do voices um brandon jones who kind of is like you know the head of easy allies his wife is a voice actor she does a big voice on it but uh yeah it's a great show and that's all i really had for this week yeah check out box Peak. um all right uh I, Stefan, I don't like that they changed the Intercontinental title. I was going to complain, but that's really it. <laughs> I don't got much else. <laughs> um, well, uh, I, I don't know if you're still planning to check out highlights, but I imagine you know. Um, I, I think it might have been Simon Miller, my dude, uh, who said it uh, when he was talking about the new belt. Uh, he said, I think his exact words, it doesn't matter that there's a new <sighs> belt because Shinsuke Nakamura is still going to be the one who eats the pin. And yeah, he's the one who ate the pin. Um I man, that's one of my all-time favorite dudes in NXT. Um, and him kind of transitioning to the main roster is really what kind of started to spell the doom in my no longer paying attention to it. And boy, did that guy get buried on the main roster. From his matches to his music, he's just nothing. You can hear my dogs fighting in the background. But um, yeah, Shinsuke Nakamura, um, we hardly knew ye. Uh, Mark knows too. Mark is very upset about the changing of the music. Oh, yeah, um, it pissed. I, when I heard it, I was like, ugh. It, it literally put a bad taste in my mouth. I was like, Ugh, wait, why? Why would you do this to a person? This is like, this is betrayal. This is treachery. The l- l- logic was literally like, hey, we don't want, he was a bad guy. We don't want him to sing along to the song. Too I don't know, man. Bobby Roode's, a, Bobby Roode's a bad guy for N- in NXT the whole time we sang his fucking song. It's not that complicated. See, that's, and that's where they fail. Anytime they're, they're trying to control how the audience reacts to a thing, you're going to fail every time. Because if you think they're supposed to hate it, they're going to love it, or they're just not going to be indifferent to it. You just have to let things be. When you have something that's good, just let it be. Let it ride. But they can't do that. they got to get their fucking little fingers in there, and let's add lyrics to this. This will be so great. It's like, no, you just you ruined it. You broke it. You broke and it. Just, and just to end it with MMA, if they want to let Frank Shamrock beat up a WWE announcer and film it, I got 40 bucks for them. I will pay Whoa. for that. Whoa! I got forty bucks for them. <laughs> I'm not. You heard that? You, you heard that shit, Mark? Where uh, Bobby you, you, essentially wants here's it. Bobby will give you forty bucks if you see Corey Graves on the street and spit on him. Bobby will Venmo you forty bucks. There you okay, go. Okay, let's not let's not do that because I uh, I mean uh, one of our two hundred listeners might do that. We need video evidence of your spitting. You can't just take your word for it. Bobby if you if you, you if you pull a Verdum and throw a boomerang at a motherfucker, <laughs> that's even better. All right. Yeah. Uh, don't be a dick, man. Really? Did he say anything? Was it just because sar- I saw the tweet and it just seemed like it was like sarcastic, but not really pointed at anybody. But it was Amoro. He did it Amoro. He pointed Amoro, and then he also wrote a couple other things. And he's your friend, allegedly. Well, he's talk. He's coming off a bad week. If you're if you got a problem with a if you want to get no one is immune to criticism in this life. If your performance, but if you work with the guy, maybe you go tell him. And say, hey, man, maybe you could do this better rather than going on Twitter and sicking your mob of horrible Twitter people 
and, on tomorrow Ronaldo. And also, like, you know, Morrow's been very public about his fight with depression and suicide. And it's like, really, you're going to jab at this dude, too? Like, that's not enough that, like, you don't... Like I mean, it's like, look, yeah, exactly. It's also like he just talked about he's looking for good vibes. He had literally the day before, he's like, you know, it's been like a rough couple weeks looking for good vibes this weekend on this great with this great card. Like, maybe tell him in private is all I'm saying. Like, hey, man, maybe you could try this. Hey, <laughs> like, man. It's 2019, right? Anything to get a couple likes. Yeah. And Frank Shamrock is going to whoop his ass. Again, I would pay money to watch that. You heard it. Bobby's paying. So that's one paper okay. buy. Yeah, I, I got if they do it in 4K, I got $60 for them. Oh, All right? <laughs> 60 4K of Frank Shamrock's old ass beating up Corey doesn't know how to really fight Graves. I'm I'm here for that. All right? Maybe just admit that you got drunk and were tweeting and apologize. That would work too. Just saying. Um, all right, guys. Um, when we come back next week, we're going to talk about fights a little bit. There'll be stuff to go on. Yeah, we're going to talk about Overeem uh, fighting this guy who's going to knock out Overeem. I don't want to give a spoiler alert to my pick, but I kind of did. Um, and while we're at it and talking about fights, I'm going to convince Mark that, hey, maybe this fight never happens. But let's lay some money on Logan Paul over CM Punk. Yeah, exactly. The, li- and then, the line's uh, pretty damn good right now. Oh, like just uh, give them money if it doesn't even happen. I'm going to say this again. I don't believe that they're booking Ben Rothwell over Stefan Struve, and we haven't seen that fight four times already. Like, I don't know how that hasn't happened. Just putting that out there. Aspen Lads on the card. Cynthia Calvillo's on the card. There's some stuff. Tiago Alves, for some reason, is still fighting, and Tim Means is his opponent. Again, Tiago Alves fighting for some reason. We'll be back next week, though. Uh, God willing, Mike's job lets him go home so he can actually record with us. Good God. Um, seriously, come on now. It's late. Um, thank you all so much for listening. Um, I said at the beginning, and I was joking, but like, you know, this week was just us talking about shit. And I think that's a part of the podcast you guys like, hopefully. We'll but find out. We'll, fi- we'll find out. That's, and, that's uh, what I'm here for. <laughs> watch The Mandalorian. Watch Watchmen. Mark, what should they buy? Of all the of uh, the things you mentioned, Box Peak. Check out Box Peak. It's like forty minutes tops. Yeah, buy that. And no, don't, it's and, on YouTube. It's free. Okay, don't buy that. Sorry. <laughs> and if you can, uh, if you can appreciate some motherfuckers with skills dancing, watch some BTS dance practices. They've already got like eight hundred million views. Do you really want to be the one with your head under a rock? The world is watching. Buy some Keith Lee merch, um, or buy the George Kittle Luchador sweatshirt. That Stefan and I both bought today <laughs> as 33-year-old full-grown men here bought a sh- hoodie with a face with a luchador mask on it. No problem. Um again, thanks all. Thank you all so much for listening. Go Niners. Fuck the Raiders? Sure. Uh see you guys next week. Peace out. See ya. <laughs> Cheers.